Hi there, this is Daniel Eccles, and you're listening to the Learn Opportunity Podcast. We're here to help you get unstuck and start creating your future. I had a client for my career consulting business that felt stuck. He was feeling like he didn't have much opportunity to start creating his future. What he said to me was that he fell into the job that he was in. And I challenged that thought and I said, you didn't fall into where you are. You did repeatable actions that you can apply to a new goal that will help you create your future and create opportunities. You didn't just end up where you are. You did things that helped you to get where you are right now. And so that is what this podcast is about. Join us as we listen to subject matter experts share how they have created opportunities in their own personal and professional lives, how they've gotten unstuck and started creating their own future. These podcast episodes focus on giving you resources and tools so that you can apply best practices, repeatable actions to your own life goals so that you can start learning how to create opportunity in your personal and professional life. So join us. We're ready. Let's get started and start applying opportunity, creating best practices to our lives. Thanks for listening to the Learned Opportunity Podcast. Dr. Alicia McCoy is a champion of workplace well-being at her company called PeakMind, which is a well-being technology that is trying to help employees and individuals within a company learn how to have a better well-being so that they can do excellent work, so that they can have less chronic stress, chronic anxiety, all these things that we tend to experience a little bit more today. That's what we're talking about with Alicia is how we can overcome chronic stress. What does it mean to have well-being in connection with work and connection with your personal life? And how do we get unstuck from this chronic stress and anxiety and start creating a future where we are healthy, where we are thriving instead of just surviving and getting by. So I think you're going to enjoy hearing from Dr. Alicia and some of the stuff that she's doing. She is a mover and a shaker is what I, I think my family <laughs> would call. Maybe that's a Kentucky phrase or or something that comes from my family, but it just means that she does a lot of stuff. But I, I always appreciate getting to talk to her and hear some of the exciting and cool things that she's doing and some of the opportunities that she has to share with you. So without further ado, here is Dr. Alicia McCoy. Hi, Alicia. Thanks for coming on the Learn Opportunity Podcast. I'm really excited to have you on today. It's always good to talk to you. Yes, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Same. Well, as listeners know, the first question I always ask is tell listeners a little bit about who you are, what's important for listeners to actually know about you? So I am a business owner. I'm a mom. I am a upcoming author. Let's see, what else am I? A world traveler. And I think it's just important to understand and know that I'm a woman who has found my journey along the way. I worked in corporate America for most of my right out of college 
and realized that I wanted to be a business owner and that was something that was valuable to me. And so at the young age of 23, I started my first company and it's been a 17, 18 year journey since. And trials and tribulations along the way, hindrances, overcoming obstacles. It's not been an easy journey, not having a formal business education right out of college, having to understand and learn what it means to be a business owner. That was probably one of the most challenging things of the last, you know, 20 something years, but I'm excited of where I'm at now. I really feel stable in my career and who I am as a leader and a manager and just as a citizen, as a mom friend. And so I think I've learned some really good nuggets over the last uh, gosh decade or so. Yeah, I'm so sure. I mean, tell us a little bit about Peak Mind too, about where you are currently. It's a, a well-being technology. But in your words, what what is Peak Mind and what is the work that you're doing? Yeah. So what I realized in my early career designing corporate cultures was that we focus so much on the external environment around us and we train certain people in our cultures and, and in our companies, but we didn't have a tool before today, before Peak Mind. We I don't think we really had a, a good tool that trains and helps each employee that comes to the workplace with their overall well-being and who they are, what their purpose is in this, you know, in companies and in life and what are they passionate about. And it was something that I felt was really lacking across the US culture. And so Eight years ago, I started researching and developing how to tackle that, working with great people like yourself that study, you know, in different kinds of therapeutic techniques and coaching and, and all those type of modalities of moving us from one place to another. And I had to take time to realize and, and formulate how we want to put that into technology, which PeakMind is a software with a hardware component and soon a book to go alongside of it to really describe workplace well-being and and what it means to have a a well culture from the perspective of management c-suite every employee the way that it feels the way that you're seen heard and valued when you go to work because that's really at the core of of humans is we want to be seen heard and valued and that doesn't stop when we go to work yeah i remember at one point uh, I was sitting in the cafe area at our co-working space that uh, we were at, and you were telling me a little bit about what you were doing at Peak Mind, and you, know, you were working with artificial intelligence and uh, some of this software stuff. And I asked you, I said, did you ever think that you would be working on artificial intelligence? How did you wind up <laughs> landing on this well-being technology and this you know, Peak Mind? So when I realized that we had a, a major problem and you know, this was all of my clients. I was working in 26 different states. So it wasn't just something happening in Indiana or Mm. Indianapolis. This was a global issue that I was seeing stress in the workplace. When I started to look for a solution for that and couldn't find it, what I began to do was do user interviews. And so hundreds of user interviews, talking to people about what the problems in the workplace are today, how are they seeing trends, what products are they using? So I started to take my notes and those notes eventually became the book that I'm now publishing. And so within that, I met with an editor and said, you know, should we publish this and realize that the day I publish the book is the day that it's outdated. I can't mm-hmm. the next day find a new solution to workplace well-being and then just add it to the book. And so I thought that that was not working smarter. Or it was working harder to help millions of people. And so I realized that I wanted to put my voice in those words into a product that could be updated overnight. 
when we find new solutions, we can get that out instantly to our users and that's technology. So I had to realize and study what technology really is. And so the first thing I did was Google app. So somebody said, well, build an app. And I said, okay, what's an app? Oh, it's an application. Okay, what's an application? <laughs> and who builds an application? And so that started me down the rabbit hole of a very, I would say a, at least a year journey of discovering what technology is, how and what I want to build for Peak Mind. And then it still took years to determine me as the CEO and as a technical founder. It took me years to get comfortable in the position to now lead with authority in our technology company. And so it's been it's been a process, but yeah, artificial intelligence is just one of those things that it really helps to fuel and expedite what humans can't do. It works a lot faster than I, I am in our app. So you want AI searching and giving you the best action step and best coping skill in the moment you need it versus waiting on Alicia to find that for you. That language of like artificial intelligence or even applications or software as a service, it can be kind of intimidating, at least to me. And thinking like, oh, shoot, what am I getting myself into <laughs> if I'm going down that road? What might have been some things that prevented you from making peak mind a thing or, or going a different direction? That's a good question. I think when it started out as, well, the first thing it started out as was a consulting service. And the, the thing that stopped me from hiring consultants to work for my previous company that could specialize in workplace well-being is that it's hard to manage people. Mm -hmm. So adding a, a new team to our existing team when we're already struggling with burnout and already struggling to find our own footing, it's hard bringing on more people with personalities and leading a new team is always difficult because as a leader, if you haven't done it before, you have to still understand who you are in that position, in that role. It's not just for the people you're hiring for them to understand the roles you as a leader have to as well. And so that stopped me there because of the time and capacity and resources that it takes to hire people. But then moving into the book, you know, the book was a little bit easier of a lift, but, you know, determined that the hindrance there was it's not executable overnight. It's not editable overnight. Yeah. Now, maybe with Amazon books and things like that, that are, are publishing or printing as you, as you order, maybe they can be, but back then it wasn't so much so. And so that got us to where we are now, technology and diving into something that we can change and iterate overnight and bring in great experts and store their voice into our platform. Is there a particular time from where you started this whole journey of going towards peak mind to now that you felt stuck along the way? And when you felt stuck, what did you do? How did you realize that you felt stuck? And what did you do about that? Most recently, now that I'm focused on getting the book out this year into the publisher's hands, I felt stuck with writer's block. So thinking back through the creative process, just like any other part of creative process and business, working through, okay, how do I come up with new ideas or how do I motivate myself? And some of the things that I did to get unstuck, well, first I Googled writer's block, how to overcome it, because I wondered if there was any new cool techniques that were just for writers than, than the normal person. But really, it's just, it's kind of the same thing. I'm and seeing so, a trend here. You Google writer's block, uh, Google <laughs> applications, things like that. I guess getting that like first 
like, okay, I, I don't know. Let's just get a, a broad overview is one thing that exactly. you do. Yeah. What else? <laughs> I love having options. So that definitely gives me outside of my mind. I, I like to validate being a social scientist. You, you look at evidence, stu- mm-hmm. evidence-based stuff that works. You look at what the masses are doing and you make a decision for yourself and form your own theory. And so w- what I did for that as well was I got I like to get out of my situation. If I'm sitting at a certain desk and I hit writer's block, then I change my environment. Mm -hmm. So being a corporate designer, I understand how environments do affect your mood and energy. And so moving myself into another physical space is helpful at times for me to open up and have a a new idea, new, new, fresh energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's helpful for just about anything. Listeners can, if they're just feeling stuck, just changing your environment is a, is a huge benefit. What are some other things in this book and some of the content that you're doing through Peak Mind? Tell us a little bit about what that is and what people might learn from, from these resources. Yeah, the book is is pretty thorough overview on what workplace well-being is and what considerations the reader should take when it comes to yourself and how you present yourself in the workplace, as well as then all of your peers. So it's a very high level overview with action steps that you can take on some of those topics to further dive into how am I presenting with this topic? How am I showing up? Am I seeing people? Do I want to be more seen? Do I feel valued? How am I valuing others? And so it's a very reflective piece. And I believe we're going to also author a guidebook to go alongside of it because it's a heavy topic. It's something that you'll probably read a chapter and put the book down and process. Mm -hmm. And some people are going to realize that they have a lot of work to process and a lot of things to think about and, and resources to seek such as therapists or corporate coaches or other books that they may need to, to dive into a topic deeper. And they may, or some people may blow through the book and get through it pretty fast. But for the most part, I believe that a lot of people are going to realize that there's a lot that we still have to do within workplace cultures, and it's going to take them some time to process how they show up and how they can change and be a better part of the solution. This is a a lot of maybe more professional workplace sort of, of stuff that you're dealing with right now. Tell me a little bit about opportunity in your own personal life along the way. I mean, both of them intersect with one another, your professional and personal life. I mean, how can you separate them both? But from a more personal side, tell me about along this journey where you have found more opportunities, repeatable actions, resources that people can use to create their future. Yeah. My big thing that I do is meditate, take time to Mm -hmm. listen, reflect, process how I'm feeling. And so that reflective peace and that reflective action to me is something that I repeat all the time, multiple times a day. And I encourage others to stop and process you know, how you're feeling, what's going on, what triggers, you know, are, are happening within you, what, how are you responding to situations and to then do the work when you find that there's something, a feeling or a behavior, like, you know, in therapy mm-hmm. that you don't want to, to be or attached to, then what are you going to do about it? How are you going to change that? And are you going to do the, the action steps needed to move yourself out of that so that you don't feel that feeling or behavior or act out that way again? And so, even the best of us that have done this work over years, you can find new triggers or events that, that you don't like 
and you need to reflect upon. And so those are the times that I stop and I take a meditative moment to really dive into who I'm being and how I'm presenting and, and what is that the way that I want to. So that's been the biggest thing for me. That's constant. I mean, you're really pretty busy. You're going, and I mean, you have kids and you have other things that you're doing on top of peak mind and you're doing media things and just all over the place. Where do you find the, the space to create space? Where, how do you stop? (laughs) Yeah. So the longer that you do meditation, what I've realized is that the meditative moments can happen at any time. You know, it can be a couple seconds of taking a breath, a pause, you know, stopping yourself where you are. It doesn't have to be sitting in the corner or sitting in a room and, mm. you know, child's pose or in a, you know, bent knee pose on the floor. So you build moments throughout your day and it's, it's just something that's innate within me. If I'm driving and I'm at a stoplight and I realize that I've been going nonstop all day and I haven't had a reflective moment, then I can take, you know, a a Mm. couple seconds there and have that moment. If I am going live on TV, I take a couple seconds and a, a couple minutes to find a corner that's quiet and really process where my state of anxiety is at this Mm. moment. And so building those tools to make them more innate, the quick, the more you do that, the better off it's the quicker it can come through and have benefit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some things that uh, you are learning about right now? Connect uh, your recent learnings to opportunities that are coming up. Well, the opportunity for patients, I think that we've realized that Mm. time is just a different being these days, you know, especially the the world is just a different world that we live in. And so I hear all the time that time is just moving faster. It feels like there's not enough time in the day. And so finding time for patience and understanding for self and others, giving each other grace, giving myself grace to, if I didn't get through that, to that email that I wanted to get to today, or if I didn't get that article out that I needed to post on our marketing, having grace for myself and, and finding time to do it, making a plan. Like we were talking about whether it's, you make time, you say, I can do 10 minutes today, tomorrow I can work Mm -hmm. into 20 minutes, you know, then trying to build a new habit and, and find patience and grace in finding the new habits and the new patterns. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's really easy for, for me to look at wanting a certain result or an ideal, like what we were talking about before was in my writing. I would love to sit down and say that I wrote part of my book for about five hours today or three hours or even two hours would be really great. (laughs) But what I can usually say is I I did about 30 minutes, maybe even some days 15, (laughs) or I maybe some days think about it for five minutes or anything. But knowing that those small actions will over time accumulate and Uh, You didn't get to the point where you're able to meditate or have a mindfulness moment at a stoplight just like that. You're not able to necessarily turn that on. But over time, you took one minute in a formal allotted space of time or you woke up early one day and did five minutes or you did this. And then over time, it becomes a little bit more about who you are and it just is a, a muscle memory sort of a thing. So I I guess patience, um, any of these well-being, character development, formational experiences, we don't have to be there 
today <laughs> or have the ideal result, but what is like the five minutes, the small step that over time will help you to become the person that, that you are wanting to be. For sure. And the more that you know that you can overcome by using those tools, the easier it, it the next hindrance or the next time you feel stuck, the easier it is to get out of that. I, mm-hmm. I named the company Peak Mind because I believe in peaks and valleys. Mm-hmm. And I say, you just, you know, are you at a peak in your life or, or seeking to peak or are you in the valley of despair? And how quickly are you getting yourself unstuck out of that valley of despair? Because it's, it's not a place that most of us want to be in, but it's just mm. kind of something that happens in life. If you have to traverse, you know, a tough life and, and career changes and family changes and things that opportunities that, that come to us, whether we want, want them or not. <laughs> yeah. I like that. The, the peaks and valleys, and they're both going to come at different times, but knowing that you've been on a peak before and what were the things that helped you to get to that peak so that when you're back in the valley again, you can repeat those actions and start climbing and know that it will come if you just continue to, to take those actions it's not going to come right away. Sometimes when you're climbing a mountain, you have to acclimate to the different elevations. You got to take some breaks and, and rest in a certain spot. But what are some of the things that you did to get to a previous peak that you can repeat and do now while you're in the valley to get unstuck and start creating that future again? So I like that way you put that. And the two things that we take with us, no matter what journey we go on, no matter how high the mountain is or what elements, you know, it is, or environment is your, your mind and your heart. You Mm. know, if you think about that, right, those are the two tools that if you build the time and investment to those two tools, that's something that doesn't leave you. It's with you the rest of your life. And as soon as you overcome something within your own mind or heart, then it's, it's, you're always there in that knowing the, you know, whether the next mountain requires a lawyer because it's a legal challenge, that tool adds on. You can't change that, right? You can't influence that. Or if the next one is your kid, you know, needs a car and now you have to raise money for a car. That's a different tool that you have to add and re- different level of resilience, but you still have your mind and your heart with you in each of those situations. And that's the real definition of mental well-being is what mm. you carry within yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm. So what's the kind of a difference between like mind and heart? Can you hash that out for me a little bit? Yeah, they are different. However, if you look at the neuropsychological perspective, I mean, they happen within microseconds, milliseconds of each other, right? The, the chemicals that we produce in our brain drop into our heart and come back up to our mind and then go throughout our body the heart mind mapping, you know, is a new science that a lot of scientists are diving into. And so even though they're separate and one can be logical and one can be emotional and, and loving and that they're really one in the same because the chemical that flows throughout our body is, is the same chemical. And so, you know, neuroscience and neuropsychology are fascinating sciences that I think, you know, will continue to evolve and, and finding out ways to help the masses understand that is the the key challenge. And that's, you know, what I love about Peak Mind is we're trying to be the bridge between really technical sciences and really smart stuff and making it effective. (laughs) What can I do today in the next three weeks? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be really helpful information. We can have all of the stats and the, the scientific background on things. But as a listener to this podcast or somebody that is employee at a company that uses PeakMind, how do you take that, that language and make it, okay, what can I apply 
today? What is just like the next thing that I can do today to help me to just feel a little bit better, to feel less anxious about where I'm at right now? So exactly, little by little, three minutes here, the next six minutes, 15 minutes, it helps us over time because we, if we're doing nothing right now to change and to overcome whatever obstacles we have in front of us or to decompress versus taking three minutes, there's quantifiable difference. The more that, and like you said earlier, it's a practice, right? Mm-hmm. And so the more we practice, the longer those sessions will become that we're coping and we're lowering our anxiety and stress and stress is, is taking over as the number one killer of Americans. So yeah. we, if we really want to live happier, healthier lives, no matter what career we do or wherever we're at in our life, we have to consider how stress is impacting our physical bodies. And we have to take action to overcome that because we all have different levels of stress, stress, you know, and it's, it's core value is helpful to get us out of a situation. However, most of us are chronically stressed, yeah. which is, carrying stress for hours in the day, not just a quick two minutes because we had to run because a car drove fast by us and we jumped, you know, that's, that's it's quick stress, right? But this chronic stress, that's what's killing Americans. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, one situation, like a lion might be in the bush and when the leaves rustle, yeah, you better run or fight or freeze, (laughs) fight, fight or freeze. But just because the leaves are rustling on a bush doesn't mean that it's always a lion. Right. But we learn that chronic reaction of it's a lion. The the leaves are running and then you're living in a state of stress all the time because there's a lot of bushes with leaves rustling in the wind or right. other things. So how do you train your mind and your heart to to know like when it's a lion and when it's not? Yeah. That's when with meeting with clients and stuff, that's when we would say when you when you flip your lid, that, <laughs> that example of your brain where in the middle of the brain you have your, you know, responses for fight, flight, or freeze and and those are good things. But you, a wrapping around the middle of your brain is your prefrontal cortex, which is able to self-calm you, able to tell you that no things are all right, that's not a lie in this time. But we get into a point where our middle of the brain, amygdala, is calling the shots instead of your prefrontal cortex. And that's not the way that we're supposed to be to be living. So Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's another example of just like all the scientific stuff that we can know. But how do you how do you take that information of, oh, my amygdala is controlling my prefrontal cortex right now, and I've got cortisol going all the way through my system. How, what, is, what are you supposed to do to, to stop feeling that chronic anxiety and that chronic stress? Yeah. I mean, breathing works for a lot of people. If you start to feel yourself tensing up, counting, breathing, you know, Fitbits or wearables help people when they start to sense the sensations increasing. And, you know, there's so many apps out there that you can have on your phone or your watch or your smart devices that help you to decompress when you start to elevate, to bring you back down. Mm-hmm. Thinking, you know, what is it that therapists say when you're starting to worry about something, you know, what's the, what's the percentage of it actually happening? You know, how much is it likely to come true? Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. employing some of those coping techniques and to say, okay, is this a bear coming around the corner? Or is it just somebody that's walking really loud? You know, it, can I handle it if it's a human versus a bear? Yes. Okay. And then it helps to prepare yourself for what's coming around the corner 
you know, things like that, that, mm-hmm. that calm the mind and calm the heart and can balance us, you know, to, to whatever homeostasis looks like for you. And like you were saying before too, even a, a change of environment. So just when you're feeling just really stressed in a moment, if you just get up and, and go to a different environment, a place that normally might feel safe for you and establishing those sort of places can be a good reminder to your brain that you are actually okay. Having uh, a person that is almost your stress accountability partner, accountability partner for your your chronic stress. So whenever you get there, that you're saying, I'm stressed, help me work through this right now and talking to them or just having some of these distractions that can help tell your brain that you are okay. Usually like uh, working out, going on a run, going on a walk is a really good one because you're not doing some of these activities, like maybe you having a snack that you really enjoy too. When, if you were really in danger, your brain would not want you to be doing those activities because you need that energy when you're working out for, you know, survival. Yeah. So that's telling your brain like, hey, uh, I'm doing okay because why would I be doing this activity if I was needing to survive right now? So yeah, uh, one of the ones that I love that I talk about a lot is that we focus on in Peak Mind is, you know, you can't be in fear brain and do a math equation, you know, the <laughs> brain. So if you start to feel like you're elevating and going into a place of anxiety or stress that you don't want to go, it's five times five. What is five times five? 25. Huh. Because you can live in most states. And that's, you know, one of the quickest things to get your mind, like you said, distracted with a, a more logical sense of being. Unless you're like me and math is stressful <laughs> and would cause fear for myself. So I, I might need something one plus different. One. <laughs> I can do one plus one, but yeah, keep yeah. It simple. <laughs> maybe I'll just like recite some historical document or piece of literature go. or something like that but yeah, yeah. same sort of concept we all, yeah <laughs> we all have to find what co- what coping looks like to us what mm. what calming down looks like to us and we can't just do what other people do that's why some people don't like breathing apps and they have resentment toward that or meditation mm-hmm. apps because it's just not for them so some people go read a book or walk like you said there's a ton of other ways to mm-hmm. to decompress you just have to try and find what works for you and that becomes that repeatable action like we've talked about that helps you get unstuck whenever you need to go but the it's better to have that action that you know you can repeat and that it's it works for you most of the time before you find yourself in a crisis or before mm-hmm. you find yourself in front of an obstacle that causes that feeling again to come up. Yeah. So that would be a great idea is after this episode to start writing out some ideas of maybe a different environment or a support person or distraction that you could do before you're getting stressed and anxious. And then when that happens, you have somewhere to go or someone to go to. So that's a good idea for sure. Um, Well, how would listeners connect with you with some of the exciting things that you're doing if they are interested in in learning more? Yeah, we're on all the social media channels at Peak Mind Online is our hashtag, or you can go to joinpeakmind.com is our website and all of our information about the software and hardware and book will be posted on there. But Find me on LinkedIn if you're in the business community. I'm always happy to have a conversation and talk more about any of these things that we've talked about. Yeah, I 
I think that would be a good thing. If you're in the business community, connect with Alicia and you'll have opportunities to use these sort of resources to, to help your employees not have chronic stress, chronic anxiety. And uh, I mean, you do better work when you're not trying to just survive. <laughs> For sure. Surviving versus thriving looks totally different. And most of us, unfortunately, are in survival mode a lot more than I think mm-hmm. we'd want to be if we took stock and accountability of it. Yeah, for sure. Well, is there anything that you wish I would have asked or something that you're excited to to talk about that you'd like to before we go? Maybe just hobbies. Hobbies are those fun things that we have on the side, right? That can help us also live better, better quality mm-hmm. lives. And it was funny because on Fox 59, the segment we were just on a couple of weeks ago on Indie Now, they brought that up. And so they, they, they disclose that I'm studying to, to learn how to do the drums, how to oh, drum. Really? So really? Oh. A, a how did you choose that? <laughs> What'd you say? How did you go about choosing that? Was it because you needed something to beat or? <laughs> you know, I don't know. It just something I, when I watch drummers, I'm always in awe or musicians as a whole. I just think that that kind of stuff is, is they have so much talent and I don't know if I'll ever get somewhere where I'll perform for anybody publicly or for friends, but we'll, we'll see. At least it's fun for now. (laughs) You're cool enough. I could see you being in a band as a drummer. I think that you have the look, you've got the vibe going. So great choice. Like it's a good fit for you. (laughs) Thank you. Maybe (laughs) if I need a career down the road, that'll be a fallback. Good. Yeah. 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 Quit your, quit your day job to, to do some drumming. So Oh, awesome. I'll, I'll get on the lookout for that for when you're in a, in a band. And let me know. I'll, I'll come to your first gig. Nice. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you, Alicia. And thank you, listeners. Join us next time as we continue to help you get unstuck so that you can start creating your future.